Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. Okay, I'm going to talk about unemployment. Uh, the number came through. Uh, I want to quickly cover off the NAB business survey. Um, but what I probably think is the, the most interesting thing or something that's been on my mind for a long time, particularly this week, is uh, how we're getting ripped off in um, parking stations and parking metres, particularly, particularly here in Sydney, relative to other places in the world. And uh, so what I did was get my son, Nicholas Boris, uh, to uh, do a, a bit of a survey for me. Um, it actually turned out to be something much larger than a survey, uh, Nick actually did a paper, which I want to put up on the website, but he said, Dad, it's not publishable. So I won't put it up on the website at this stage, but I might put up some of the graphs that we have and uh, some, some of the findings. So I'm going to talk to Nick a little bit later about uh, what he found in relation to the parking metres and uh, how that all works, particularly in what I find interesting, how it re- uh, relates to, say, what would happen if you're in Manhattan in New York, the most expensive city in the world, or one of the most expensive cities in the world, and um, how does it rate Sydney relative to places like New York? This week's top five. So let's just quickly cover off unemployment. The unemployment num- number came out. Australia's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate for July was 6.3%. That's an increase from where we have been. Um, it's it's not a big deal, though. I don't think anybody's concerned about it. Certainly the Reserve Bank wouldn't be concerned about this. You know, we've been running between 6 and 6.3% now for about uh, seven months. So there's nothing to be concerned about. Um, I'm not worried about it at all, even though it is slightly up from where we were uh, a month or so ago. Now, Business Confidence Survey, which is something we talk about every time it comes out, uh, it shows that there is a has been a slump in business confidence. Now, some it has been attributed largely to Chinese growth concerns as it affects mining companies and construction. Um, obviously, there's been an issue in China. I've been talking about the issue in China for a while now. Uh, who knows what's really going on in China? We'll never know because they don't. They won't tell us the truth. Um, they fudge their numbers. They fluke the truth. Actually, um, we will never know what they're really doing. And I was actually talking to Nick, having a cup of coffee this morning. What did you say, Nick? They reduced their cash rate by something like one point eight percent. One point eight percent. Like you know, like how does one point eight percent is relative to anything? I mean, obviously, it's you know, we never reduce our interest rate or our cash rate by one point eight percent. But now, obviously, it's coming off a different base. Point being here is that they're much more fungible in China uh, relative to the way we operate in this country um, and probably most other more sophisticated economies. It just sort of adds to the lack of confidence you have about what's going on in China and China being the big demand centre in the world. It demands, you know, all our commodities and therefore that flows back into mining companies and construction companies about their confidence and as a result of the NAB Business Confidence Survey shows a slump in confidence. Now, what actually interests me in that is that um, business confidence was actually up after the budget, after the so-called business budget that was uh, produced by the Abbott government and uh, promoted by Bruce Bilson. Um, Now we're back to where we were prior to the budget and uh, so the enduring effect and the enduring benefits of that business budget, funnily enough, post-June 30, when people no longer get that $20,000 tax deduction, has just has just dropped off very quickly. Question is, uh, was that business budget just a quick fix and gave them a couple of months? Um, anyway, well, I wanted to get Alan Austin here but, uh, from NAB, but unfortunately he was unable, unable to get up here. But you know, hopefully we get to talk to him either the, the next time round or somewhere between here and the next release of the NAB business survey. What's on my mind? What's been on my mind? Let me just give you some context, how this all happened. I, like, I guess you're the same as everybody else. Um, 
I'm the same as everybody else. I mean, I continually have to have a whole lot of coins in my car um, to pay parking meters. I mean, I, every morning, like this morning before I came up here, I park in Darlinghurst after 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, you have to start putting the coins in them, feed the machine, and you just got to keep feeding the machine. And relatively speaking, it's r- fairly expensive, I think, to park in a, a in a what? How many square meters? Nick, sixteen square meters. Yep. On average, sixteen square meters of unimproved real estate in Sydney. That's just a piece of bitumen with a line drawn across it, maybe three lines drawn across it. So that's that is what I call unimproved real estate um, in in Sydney. There's you know, it's not as if it's a block of flats or something. So there's no sewerage, there's no lighting, there's no telephone, there's no electricity in there. It's totally unimproved. It's just bare ground with a bit of bitumen on it. 16 square metres and I'm paying, on average, in CBD Sydney, what was your finding, Nick? How much is per, per hour? $7. $7. Oh, peak rates, yeah. So peak, peak rates, so... We should go for about eight or nine hours throughout the day. So. Okay, so peak rates are eight or nine hours for the day and it's 7 bucks. Sorry, yeah, $7. $7, okay. So what about other areas? Where else did you look at? Um, I looked at uh, Bondi Beach, $7 an hour. Um, North Sydney was $7 an hour. Um, the inner city suburbs around Kings Cross, Potts Point, Surrey Hills, um, you're looking at about $4.70 an hour. Okay, so $4.70 an hour. So, mm. But we have a disparity. So in other words, the smarter councils work out where they can get more money from you because there's higher demand. You know, I guess you can't blame them on that basis. So it's obvious, North Sydney which is a, you know, is a peak parking area, business district, the Sydney CBD, peak business parking district, Bondo Beach, peak business park, uh, peak uh, recreational parking district. You're hit, getting hit by seven, for 7 bucks now, then you go into other areas which aren't really peak, about $4.70. And what Nick's saying is that is the peak rate in those regions for about an eight-hour period every day. Yep. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So every time I go to get a cup of coffee... I want one cup of coffee in Darlinghurst. I guess Scarlet is Darlinghurst CBD. I don't know. It is, um, but you know, I'd, I'd say they're working on around four seventy an hour. Okay, so it's cost me four dollars seventy for the hour because it's going to take you forty five minutes to an hour. You're going to you're going to buy an hour's worth of parking. Mm. That's assuming you can buy an hour's worth of parking. You're going to buy an hour's worth of parking. So your cup of coffee costs you three dollars fifty, and your parking costs you somewhere between four dollars seventy and seven bucks. So, I mean, all these things add to the cost of living living in Sydney, but, uh, you know, you're looking at around about 8 or $9 just to get a cup of coffee mm. if you want to park your car. If you want to take public transport? Public transport, you're looking at about 8 well... Same, so, North, say the same destination. Same destination. So, I went to the accountant on, um, on Thursday last week. From where? Where'd you travel from? From Rushcutters Bay. To your accountant? In North Sydney. North Sydney, right. Correct. So, not, not a huge distance, about 7 or 8 kilometres, um, $8 return on the train. $8 return on the train. So, yeah. so it costs about the same. Mm. If you had driven your car there, parked your car there, Correct. it would have cost you 7 bucks. Yeah. At more physical exertion as well. I had to walk to the train station, which is in King's Cross, which is about, I don't know, a kilometre away from my house. So what does that tell you? I mean, what does that tell you about public policy? Well, it's poor. They're not providing good alternatives um, to not drive your car into the city. And actually, to some extent, they're actually encouraging you to drive into the right, North yeah. Sydney. That's right. Which is, by the way, you know, Clover Moore is telling us she doesn't want cars in the city. It's sort of uh, diametrically opposed to what they're telling us. That's right, yeah. And so they're also levying the, um, the private car parks as well. So the state government, there's an off-street uh, off, uh, off parking levy, um, and they charge private operators at car parks, or, you know, a, a basically a tax, is what a levy is, um, in other words. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're pushing the prices of those private car parks um, up as well. So Which they, and they're crazy. Mm. So, like, uh, I saw some number in this report. What, what was the amount of money that you said? That- 1500 Well, it depends on where you are, but some of the CBD car parking stru- private structures, $1,500 a, a, a space per annum. Per annum, yep. right. So... And well, that and that adds up to about a hundred million dollars in revenue um, to the government to the government every year. Yeah, just from private car parking. That's right. Yeah. So private car parking centres, you know, like the ones secure car parking, all those sorts of things, they're raking in around a hundred million dollars a year. That's that right. goes straight to the government. Yeah. And of course, the government's not going to uh, try and uh, get you to catch the bus when they're going to make a hundred million dollars a year out of you parking a car in the city. Which, as I said, is diametrically opposed to the to the banter and all the stuff they tell us about. They mm. say, "Oh no, no, we're you know environmentally friendly. We don't want too many cars in the city. We want you know people to ride their bike to the city, all this sort of stuff." Yet they're still pulling in hundred million dollars a year. So there's something wrong here. It just doesn't add up. It's irrational. The whole thing. And you know what it is? It's it's 
councils, state governments and federal governments. Nobody's on the same page. They're all competing with each other. This is just a revenue take. They're trying to make as much money as they can, as as much money as they possibly can. They're getting every single asset, every square metre of land that they own, they're charging for, and every square metre of land that they don't own, they're charging the people who own it to park your car there. I mean, this is crazy. And then how this sort of, the genesis of all this was, was and, I, and I often talk about this, the genesis of this was, I was telling Nick about the other day, I was in Double Bay and I can't remember the name of the street I was there, but it was just at the back of Double Bay there. And there was a small park in this street and cars were parked either side of the, the street, which was going one way, then there was a park and on the other side of the park was the cars going the opposite direction and cars were parked both sides. When I drove into the street, there was a car space. I thought, okay, I'll take that car space. I parked my car there. Then to get to the parking meter, there was one parking meter that covered the whole street on the side of the street that I parked. And then there was one parking meter to cover the other side. The parking meter, logically, was in the middle of the street. But the street would have been 300 metres long. Lucky for me, I was parked very close to where the meter was. Put my money in, looked at the ticket, saw the ticket said something like 10.58. By the time I got back to my car, put it in my car, uh, I picked something up out of the car, put, took a bottle of water out of the car, then I realised I had to get something out of the boot. It was like, you know, 10.59 or something like that, 11.59. So I, I lost a minute between actually paying the government, taking my money in their parking machine and me actually getting back into the car and registering, showing that the, the car had been registered to park there. Then I thought to myself, could you imagine if you're a, a mother or a father with uh, a couple of kids, a kid, a couple of kids, you know, a pram or a stroller or whatever it was, and let's say you weren't as lucky as me, you weren't parking right next to the parking meter, you were parking 150 metres away. And not only that, you had to traverse, where I was parked, it was a park. It wasn't a pathway, it wasn't a footpath, it was a park. So it was all gnarly and up and down. So, you know, you had to push this thing, negotiate through the park for 150 metres. So that 150 metres on the way back, after you paid your money, you may, that might take three minutes to get back. And you've got your kids and all that sort of stuff, and apart from the hassle. But also, one of, and that three minutes you've paid for, but you're not getting the benefit of in your parking. As well as that, in order to pay your $7 or $5, whatever it was, to park there, you actually had to do the work for the government. So they make you walk to their parking meter. So you're actually doing the work for that. You get no credit for that. They're making you walk. And now you're a mum or a dad and you've got kids, you've got, you know, shopping, you know, bottles, bags, all that other stuff. You're carrying a whole lot of things. Elderly. 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 Exactly. Same thing. Elderly, probably even worse to some extent. I can think of my mother with a bad hip. Nan, she she has to walk all that way. You're doing their work for them. This is like bass where you're collecting the tax for the government. I mean, what the hell is going on in this country? We're doing all the work for the tax collectors because parking metres are just a, a form of tax. That's the way I look at it. It's just a form of tax. Revenue raising for the government on this one square metre of land. So anyway, I got pretty pissed off about it. I was so annoyed. And I thought to myself, okay, if there's 100 cars parked in the street, 100 people lose a minute. That's 100 minutes by eight hours a day. That's just one side of the street. Then there's the other side of the street. Then there's the run street that runs parallel. Then there's every other street in Double Bay. Then there's every other street in Bondi. Then there's every other street in Kings Cross. There's every other street in Darlinghurst. There's every other street in Surrey Hills. Every other street in North Sydney. Every other street in Sydney. Then there's every other street in Melbourne. There's every other street in Brisbane, etc. And it just blows out, goes wider and wider and wider. And I thought, what a rip off. We're just getting ripped off, and nobody's actually talking about it. You know why? Because there's only maybe you know one minute out of one hour, so it's like one sixtieth. So it's one sixtieth of seven bucks. It's only a few cents. So we don't care about it. We don't think about it. But when you add it up, this is what government's supposed to do. When you add it up across the board, it, it's, a, it's a big deal. And parking meters are, are the major revenue for local councils. And they, they blindly just to sit there and accept this pro- proposition that their technology is just shit and that their technology is just so out of contact with what's going on in the rest of the world. And the reason they're not going to upgrade is because, one, there's an infrastructure cost that they don't want to spend, and, two, they're going to lose some of the revenue because a more efficient technological outcome will actually create a, a loss in some of the revenue because this one minute will no longer exist. This one minute that they're getting from you that you don't get the benefit of will just go. 
So there's absolutely no incentive. So to me, I just see there's something wrong with that. So, Nick, when you did the analysis of this, uh, so well, one, we did the peak, peak rates. Two, when you did the analysis of this one minute, was that what it was? What, what did you see, an, an average of one minute lost? Yeah, look, I, I, th- I thought to be conservative, um, roughly 60 seconds to get you know back from the parking meter on average. Um, I did look. I calculated a slightly different way, and 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 I didn't use the whole of Australia. I mean, I think you know the Melbourne and Sydney CBDs is is enough of a case to to make my point. Um, so if you look at you know sixty seconds over a, a one on an average of one hour parking stay, um, you're looking at about one point five million dollars in revenue between just the Sydney CBD and Melbourne CBDs alone. And that doesn't inc- include North Sydney. It doesn't include Surrey Hills. That's it doesn't correct. include no. uh, Kings Cross. It doesn't so include yeah, Bondi. It could, it could approach the tens of millions if you broaden it out to a, you know Australia wide. So it makes sense. There's no way in the world they're going to actually a reduce their revenue and b increase their capex a, a, on the mission. Yeah, yeah a new capex. Yeah, yeah exactly. because it just there's, there's no a business case for it. But at the same time, they're using business case principles um, and the fact that they're ripping us off. Mm. Now, if we if it was in reverse, if we were using business case principles and ripping them off, we'd end up in jail. Mm. Yet, who's accountable? <clears throat> I mean, who the hell is prepared to put their hand up? Clover Moore, where are you, Clover? What do you got to say about this? Is anybody going to take responsibility, you know, be accountable for this, be responsible for this, or are they just going to stick their head in the sand and not bother about it? And the people getting ripped off is my mum and dad, is uh, uh, families. Okay, someone like me doesn't matter. I mean, the principal matters to me. It doesn't matter to me, though. But it's unemployed. It's all sorts of people. And by the way, what happens, Nick, if you overstay? So in other words, if, you put your money in for an hour yep. and you miss it by three minutes. You come back, yep. so miss it by one minute, technically. Yeah, so if you overstay the meter, it's a... Uh, the lowest fine that you can receive is one hundred and six dollars. One hundred and six bucks. So, let's say this is a scenario. I put my money in, and I look at my watch. I don't look at the ticket that the, gets printed for me. I look at my watch when I put my ticket on my car, and my car says twelve p.m. lunchtime. But the ticket actually was printed at eleven fifty-nine. In an average case, it could have been eleven fifty-seven. So I think I got to twelve. 12 p.m. to get back to uh, 1 p.m. I should say to get back to my car without getting a fine because I paid the seven bucks. I'm in the CBD, okay? But I'm technically one minute late, okay? And we've got a pretty tough parking attendant. What happens, Nick? What's the fine? $106. Now, how the hell does that make sense? Mm. One, it's unfair. Two, how does $107, $106, I should say, uh, fine for being late on any basis have any relativity? To the seven bucks per hour that I'm now paying. I mean, wouldn't it be fair if they just, if the parking attendant could say, okay, he's 15 minutes overdue, or well, anything from one minute to 15 minutes? So it's like if he's one minute overdue, or seven minutes overdue, or 11 minutes overdue, or 14 and a half minutes overdue, he, we will bill him for one quarter of seven dollars. Well, okay, let's make it double. Let's say we'll bill him for one quarter of 15 dollars. But why the hell $107, which is uh, like, uh, I could have parked there all day for $107. It just doesn't make sense. Mark, um, if I can just say something as well. well last night on Nine News, um, the New South Wales government came out and they've committed $890 million to car parks at train stations around Sydney. So not only do you have to pay to park at the train station and then get on the train, so it's almost double dipping in a way of ch- charging commuters to park at a train station in the first place, then jump on the train. Um, but it just goes to show that, you know, in terms of there is parking shortages across Sydney, but especially now charging people to park at a train station, I mean, shouldn't public transport mean if you're actually getting the train to work that you can get public transport from your front door or from your home to your workplace, not having to rely on driving a car to a, to a thing? So uh, it's just another clear example of, um, you know, the, the government taking us for a ride. It's gouging. Yeah. This is all about how, how can we? How, how's another way? I mean, I got a funny feeling. I mean, Nick, you come out of this environment, but I got a funny feeling that they're they're going to uh, consultants and management groups and sort of saying, "How can we raise more money?" Mm. That that's that that smacks of advice to yeah. me. That's consultancy. Someone saying, "Hey, why don't you just put up uh, car parks next to railway stations and start charging for it?" And and if their train's late, they'll get they'll get fined. <laughs> Correct. All you have to do is look at the uh, the respective. City Council PLs to, to know that that's true. I mean, they're running Sydney CBD is running a net operating profit of ninety six million dollars this year. This year, um, cash balance of um, seventy five million dollars. 
That's um, crazy. <laughs> I mean, if they were to give everyone free parking for a whole year, they'd still have a, a net profit of $30 million. So they don't even need to charge us for no, they don't. parking? No, not at all. <laughs> and then, but by the way, and councils aren't necessarily, shouldn't be there to run P&Ls and to be massively profitable. No They're way. there to actually Balance provide budget. a community service. It's, yeah. it balance the things out. Make sure they That's don't right. lose money, but at the same time, give us back something. They're supposed mm. to give us stuff back. But what does is, what is Sydney City Council do? They say the way we'll give it back is we'll then, um, of the $96 million, we'll allocate some to some art sculpture. Mm. That's which, right. Which is fine, but I mean, what happens if everybody doesn't like the sculpture? What happens if everybody doesn't actually get the benefit of that or doesn't appreciate it or, you know, well, we get one photograph standing next to it with our kids. Well, they're building a war, they shouldn't be building war chests full stop. If they want to do something, they want to spend money, that should, the, the payment of that project should be paid in arrears and, and it should, you know, it should be, it should be voted on by the people of that, of that respective council and they should, um, they should say later on, hey, listen, we'll, we'll pay for this off the, you know, we're going to do this and then in, you know, five years time we'll have it paid back, not saving your money now in the hopes of doing something later. Or we'll build a free car park for you. That's right. And you don't have to park there. So everybody can – there's a free car park going to be built next to a central station or something like that because $96 million pays a lot of interest if they wanted to borrow some money. That's right. <coughs> Demain car park and make that free for everyone. Demain car park, that would be ideal right there in the heart of the city. Mm. They took it away from the paid, the – paid off the private guys and said, hey, we're going to open it up and everyone can have free parking. Well, yeah, it's sort of, to me, I just do not. So what we're talking about is here is there's a rip-off at the metre and this whole rip-off when you add fines for the time you overstay, it, you extend it all the way out, it actually goes right to the very heart of the, how councils are run and councils are not giving back to the community. In fact, councils are, CBD council is all about how certain people want to um, inject their principles about the way we should live and the way we should get, transport ourselves back and forth to work and the way the city should live, which is fine, but at the same time they should be considering right back to the very beginning how can you make our lives easier and less expensive because that's one of the reasons why Sydney is one of the most expensive places in the world to live. Nick, what did you find when you looked at something like New York? So New York, one of the most expensive cities in the world, Mm. Um, what's what's the parking look like? Cost look like in say Manhattan? Well, it's a lot cheaper, which I thought was quite bizarre, given you know they're probably you know twice as um, densely populated as Sydney, so more of it definitely more of an incentive to to keep people you know from driving their cars around town. Although that you know their parking rates were a lot lower, so you're looking at you know below 96th Street, um, three dollars fifty an hour, so that's as, as expensive as it gets. Between 96th Street and 110th Street, 100 uh, sorry, a dollar fifty an hour. Um, above 110th Street, a dollar an hour, and uh, the five boroughs, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, a uh, dollar an hour. So a dollar an hour relative to $4.50. $7 an hour. And $7 an hour, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is probably... Oh, the, yeah, sorry, the, 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 around the <clears throat> inner city su- suburbs, yeah, so four fifty to one would be the comparison. Yeah, yeah so like it's, like it's a four-bagger yep. and, and, and or a seven-bagger, yep. um, but that's crazy. I mean, who sets these policies? We talk about China... Reducing the interest rate by 1.8%, which is a bit bizarre relative to the way we run our cash cycles here, our cash rate cycles. Yet at the same time, what's even more bizarre, I reckon, is that we're charging 7 bucks an hour when yep. place to place in Manhattan charge a dollar, dollar fifty an hour. And the fines were a lot cheaper as well. So you're looking at $65 versus $106 for overstaying the metre. To me, again, I don't understand it. I mean, and, and mind you, the public transport system in New York is far superior to what we've got here correct. in Sydney as well. Right. So Massively superior. Yeah. And the streets are better sorted. Yeah. I mean, the whole place is easier to get around. Also, one of the issues here in Sydney that the, you know, um, in London where they charge cars for driving through the city, you can get charged up to £25 for driving a car through the city. So it only restricts them for hire cars and taxis and, mm-hmm. and couriers and anyone else. And that's the, the issue here in Sydney as well is that they've built these cross-city tunnels and everything else and, and tried to Im- improve transport, but it hasn't solved any of the issues. So... Mm-hmm. All the money that they're spending and all the different things they're doing, it hasn't solved any of the actual issues. Yeah. Bike lanes, you name it, they've tried tried everything and it hasn't worked. Yeah, so, what's the point of a West Connects if you're just going to pay hundred dollars to park in the city? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I just, well, and I guess the whole point here is cost of living. This is all about cost of living, and cost of living in Sydney is extraordinary. So, Nick, what did you find? Now, I can't remember what it was. Now that. There was something about the amount of money we pay just to transport ourselves around if you're on an average wage, say 65000 or something, was that the number? Yeah, so I, I kept receipt of my tickets for just uh, for a week and I, I didn't do a lot of driving, um, but 
if you look at the um, the, the total spend over the week, it was around sixty two off from the top of my, off the top of my head. It was around sixty two dollars for the week, um, and on a take home salary, so gross salary of sixty five thousand dollars a year, take home of roughly a thousand dollars a week. You're looking at about six percent of your uh, of your, your weekly um, income spent on um, on parking, and that's not extravagant parking. No, not at all. I mean, so this is at your shopping centres. This is at in, on the meter, and I've included the private stuff as well because there is that levy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've probably out probably about six six times I drove my car over the course of a week. So like, let's say your um, progressive tax rate to the federal government is thirty uh, percent. Yep. The councils, the local councils, are taking six percent tax as well. So your actual tax rate just to live in this city and to drive moderately and to be transported conservatively and if is around 36%. And it's obviously higher the more money you more money you earn. But that's crazy when you add that 6%. That's 6% of your take-home pay is going straight into the coffers of the local council just for the luxury of getting around, getting around, getting a cup of coffee in Darlinghurst once or twice a week, going to the shopping centres and you know, buying something. Getting, you know, and these are all things you've got to do. You can't, you on can't. On top of your rates as well. On top of your rates, yeah, correct. Yeah. So it's an v- extraordinarily expensive city to live in and we are getting taxed to the hilt and it's just crazy and no one talks about it. Are parking meter attendance um, incentivised? Yeah, I, was, I actually saw um, uh, a, a, a pic from one of the, one of the officers um, at his office and I had a whiteboard going with, um, with a tally of, of what <laughs> they were all doing for the week and uh, there, are def- there are definitely quotas and um, there are definitely um, negative incentives for not making those quotas. I mean, those it's pretty, you know, it's, you, you'd think that you're, uh, you're sitting in an investment bank and getting, you know, they're looking at what you've brought in for the year at a place like that because if you don't make what you need to, they're going to fire you. It's, it's, it's madness. I mean, I, I just think Sydney's gone mad. And one of the things I was noticing, Nick, that you are talking about is Melbourne, they've got some new, they're trying some new things. So what are the, some of the solutions to this? Yeah, so, well, firstly, New York are doing a, uh, a market-driven pricing system. So um, they call it Park Smart, and I think, you know, in areas like Greenwich and um, sort of the night spots and places that sort of are a bit lumpy in terms of how heavily they're populated throughout the day, um, the parking meters actually changed to reflect um, a market-driven rate. Um, so, I mean, you're not just, you know, I mean, I went to the accounts at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I doubt that, you know, a nine hour period can be considered peak hour, you know, amongst, across all that time that I should be paying $7 an hour for the whole nine hours throughout the day. Um, just, can I just stop you there? So what you're saying is it's all right to have a peak rate at seven bucks an hour. That's right. But it shouldn't exist for nine hours. That's right. Because the day's only nine hours long anyway. That's right. That's, that's the whole. That's the whole day. The whole. That's the whole working day. I mean, that's that's the day. That's the whole time that businesses are open and that I would need to come into places like so, North Sydney and CBD. And let me just stop you there again. So what that sort of suggests is that the is that the councils worked out that we can actually the, the people are going to park there between you know nine and five in the day. We can actually get seven bucks an hour. We can actually get peak rates the whole day. But where you're saying is in places like New York. That's right. They actually have a peak rate at say. Two o'clock in the afternoon, or eight o'clock in the morning, or whatever. I mean, so yeah, what the mornings and the uh, mornings and the evenings. I mean, look, I think you know you only need to charge a peak rate when people decide to drive their cars in, which would be the morning for places like the CBD, because you know in places like Sydney, um, for instance, you only need to use the CBD to go to work. So I mean, the peak hour should only exist probably two hours in the morning. Okay, so what are they doing in New York now? Uh, how, how are they building this demand-driven pricing? So yeah, so I mean, you, you can look. They've got apps, and um, and and obviously the hardware reflects. You know, look. You know, the meters around. The, you know, those areas that are trialing the system. Um, they look at how many cars are parked there, and um, basically, you know, the, the they have algorithms that look at times, um, historical rates and all that sort of stuff and it changes to reflect on um, how often it's being used, basically. And then they charge a differential rate That's right. for that space. Uh, correct, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's, a, it's a market-driven rate. So if there's, if there's more people there in the evenings in places like Greenwich, then you're going to pay a higher rate. Um, you know, places like um, you know, Midtown Manhattan, um, early in the morning, there might be a higher rate also. But you pay a lower rate later in the day That's or, right, or in the evening or something like that. Yeah. 
Okay, and uh, and and what are they doing in Melbourne? You said that there's some sensing system in Melbourne now. They're yeah, so to I it? guess this would address um, the problem that you had with you know time um, walking from the meters, and and also don't forget top ups as well with the tick with the current ticketing system. Um, if you, you know, this happened to me the other day when I was just having lunch with my brother, um, I paid for about an hour and a half on the meter. We decided to go have a beer after lunch, so. Um, you know, that, that was only an hour into the hour and a half. Um, I thought I'd need an hour to, um, to have a beer and have a chat. Um, so I want, obviously wanted an extra half hour. I actually lost the half hour that I had, the residual half hour I had on the ticket that I, that I bought initially. So you couldn't buy a half an hour? That's, well, I couldn't top up my hour and a half to two hours. Right. I had to buy another ticket for an hour. So that's, that's another cost to my, to my hip pocket. Um, so I guess the system that they're trialling, or well, they've been trialling since May in 2014, um, it actually, I'm not, I'm not too sure if the, if, if the infrastructure, if the, if the hardware is still there, but there's, there's definitely software in place now where you can, um, pay for parking meters via an app on your phone. Um, parking officers can scan your number plate, um, and they can understand, you know, from what you paid via the app, um, whether or not your, 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 your car park is valid for the time that they're, that they're trying to, um, book you for the ticket. Which like, I mean, given the way everyone's got a smartphone today and everybody's car is registered in a registration system. Um, I would have thought that sort of stuff should have been introduced a long time ago. But there's absolutely no reason why the government shouldn't introduce that in New South Wales anyway. The government shouldn't introduce that in all the city councils, all the councils, like almost immediately. So that people have the option of not having to go to the parking meter. You can have run them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. People have the option of just doing it through an app. Mm-hmm. So the way it would work, I would imagine, is that um, you would register with um, car parking app um, your registration or your details, you would use your credit card to go in and pay, make a payment through iTunes, like an iTunes style acquisition. You would say you would buy exactly the amount of time you want, you know, and if you need a top up, you can go buy some more. Um, the parking attendant, as he's walking past, scans your number plate. Yeah. He goes into the, the registration system, the, the, the back end, sees that Nick Boris's car is registration, blah, blah, blah. He just paid for an hour. He's uh, overstayed his period he's going to get fined or he's within the period he shouldn't be fined just walk on like that makes so much sense i mean that's pretty bloody simple as far as i'm concerned something i've noticed with some of the private car parks in sydney such as broadway they have uh recently put in they upgraded their car park about maybe a year ago they put in sensors that read your number plates when you first drive in Mm -hmm. you get a ticket printed with your registration number on it if you leave it's two hours free parking but if you stay for one hour and come back later in the afternoon and stay for one hour ten you know leave the car park and Mm -hmm. come back They'll fine you for like mm. the extra hour. I've seen that at Woolworths. Same. You've done, you've done that one down at Woolworths, right, um, down here in Woolloomooloo. So, so, what, so why do you need cost-heavy, you know, parking sensors under the road? Um, you know, the, the physical meter on the side of the road. All the, those those um, pieces of hardware need to be maintained. Um, you know, if they're if they're old and not working anymore, buy new ones. Um, why can't it simply all be done in the cloud where you, you pay for your time, um, your number plate's there, registered, um, the parking officer can see straight away? Yeah, makes sense, total sense, because the parking officers can have a piece of, can have an iPad that you just walk around with the iPad and they can just be It shouldn't matter where in. your car is, basically. <coughs> like, Correct. I mean, I don't see why it's so complicated. Paid, you know? I mean, the only thing is, and I guess also, Nick, one of the things that can happen if you have the system set up is that immediately the uh, software can read the um, usage rate of a particular car spot mm. and can actually start to lower the car spot, a bit like you're talking about in Manhattan. So yeah. when you go into that car spot, you go into the website of the whoever it is, RTO, whoever it is that controls this stuff, and you can see that this is a this is an expensive car spot to park in because everybody wants to park there. Mm. And it gives you a price. It says, mm. okay, Mark or Nick, you want to park there? It's going to cost you 8 bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour. Mm. But if you, you can say, oh, hang on, that's too expensive. I'll go down the road and park somewhere else. I mean, like, I don't understand why we can't get with uh, the electronic age. And I think I do understand. The reason is is because they're making a lot more money by not upgrading anything. Mark, there's a business in Melbourne that's just launched called Parkhound. And basically, if I live in an apartment in Surrey Hills and I drive to Leichhardt each day to work and I know my parking space in Surrey Hills is free during the day, I can actually rent that out during the day. So I can give the hours that I need the parking spot um, but then someone can buy it off me during the day. So I can have a regular, if someone then works in Surrey Hills and you think of, you know, the cost of parking, that my parking spot is worth something, that I can now rent that out during the day when I'm not using it. So we can all see that there's there's a major issue here if, you know, people are going to the trouble of, you can imagine giving, having then to give someone a, a swab tag or something to get into your, your parking spot and that, the hassle around that. But 
There's it's like, it's an Uber, Uber for car parks. Uber for car parks. I mean, I, you know, it's, well, it's it's interesting, you know, because like as I was just saying, we were just talking about if you if you add all this up in the cloud, maybe what the what the system could do, the software could do, is allow you to bid buy for years. So I might be able to buy a car space out the front of the cafeteria that I like to go to every day, and that's mine for a year. I can bid for that. I can say, you know, I can say, listen, I'm, I just want that car spot because it's outside uh, the coffee shop I like to go to. And, uh, and no one else can go there. Anyone else goes there, they get booked. That's my spot because I bought, it. I, bought it on the, I bought it on the system. I paid for it a year in advance. I mean, I, all these sorts of possibilities come up as a result of actually changing this to become far more electronic and software-driven as opposed to meters. I mean, I, and I, you know, I keep thinking about the Gold, uh, Gold Coast Service Paradise meter maids. I mean, I, yeah. I mean it's just <coughs> dinosaur stuff, mm. absolute dinosaur. One of the things I wanted to talk about too is, is this. When I, when you look at the, where did I see this, Nick? I can't remember. Where we, you and I were talking about this last night. The unimproved value of the land. So, where do we work this out? Um, how yeah, much? It's on page. Page eleven. Page eleven. So, so we worked out, or you worked out. So you said at seven dollars an hour, <clears throat> nine hours at seven dollars an hour is sixty-three dollars a day. Sixty-three dollars. A day. Now, this is assuming no parking fees are gathered for other than outside the nine hours in the day. So, in other words, I mean, some places down Bondi you have to park until ten o'clock, paid until ten o'clock at night. But we're just doing nine hours of. of yeah, parking. look, I, I was I was generous on on the days. I obviously understand that there are public holidays where the, the meter doesn't count, um, but I did only charge for the nine hours throughout the day, so it doesn't count any other time outside of that. So. Okay, so seven bucks an hour, assuming it's occupied for nine hours a day. Yeah. Um, and for 365 th- days a year, that gives you how much? Twenty-two. Oh, $23,000 a year in uh, revenue. Okay, so the council, off that uh, 16 square metres, now 16 square metres is very small, by the way, 16 square metres of unimproved land, there's no infrastructure in it, there's just yeah. land, gets earns $23,000 per annum. Mm. If you give that a, a cap rate of what you do, what you pick? About 6.5%. Um, which is which is still uh, it was twenty fourteen rate, so it's pro- it's probably pretty generous. Uh, so that today. okay, so the that means that bit of land is worth around three hundred fifty four thousand dollars. So it's a bit like saying this: if I invested three hundred fifty four thousand dollars at six point five percent, I would earn twenty three thousand dollars a year. So what the councils have done by setting their own parking rates, have actually set their own valuation, fictional valuation, but it's done less of the value of that bit of unimproved land, that sixteen square meters. Is worth three hundred odd thousand dollars, three hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars. You know, okay. This is governments putting, basically, creating value for their land by setting all the pricing. This is monopolisation that, like, at its best. Okay, so if sixteen square meters is worth three hundred fifty-four thousand dollars, if I buy a hundred and fifty, hundred sixty square meter apartment, so let's say I wanted to buy ten times that. That bit of unimproved land, this is a bit of land, okay, if I extrapolate that out to an equivalent block of 1,000 a, a square metres, which is a, a, a typical block of land in Sydney is a quarter acre is 1,000 square metres, okay? Unimproved land, no house, nothing, just a bit of land, okay? 1,000 square metres. 1,000 square metres, so if I divide 1,000 by 16, what's that, Nick? Let's just let's just work out what the equivalent sixty something it is. Yeah, sixty three. Okay, so Nick, what is sixty three times three hundred fifty four thousand dollars? Twenty two point one two five million dollars. Okay, so basically, what the councils are doing here is they're saying, just to give you guys a benchmark, that that bit of land is. Was able to be if I got up um, sixty lots of the sixteen square meters, and I just put it into the equivalent of one quarter acre block of land in Sydney. That bit of real estate is worth twenty odd million dollars to the city council. Unimproved, no house, hasn't got the best melee gear in it, and um, best electronic equipment, and the best lighting systems, and fully furnished with you know the Italian furniture, and uh, there's a Lamborghini sitting in the backyard or whatever, and a swimming pool and a tennis, tennis court and all that sort of stuff. It's just a bit of land, a bit of raw land. Now, they talk about house prices and gone mad in Sydney. Well, that's gone mad. The most valuable asset you want to own, if you can, is a par- car parking spot in Sydney, without a doubt. There is no more valuable bit of real estate probably in the world than Sydney car spaces in the street, 
unimproved with one white line on them. Nowhere in the world. Not Moscow, not New York, not London, and that's taking into account all the currency differences. This is the most expensive land in the world, bar none. What a joke. What a joke. And what are we doing about it? We do nothing about it. We still park our cars there and we still pay seven bucks for the hour and we still go and get ourselves a cup of coffee for $3.50 and we still cop the fine for $107 when we're a few minutes late. Mm. So it's really cost us nearly $200 for the cup of coffee. What a joke. What do you reckon, guys? I think we should start asking questions um, and, and maybe get someone on the show to, to answer these questions for us. Yeah, that would be good. And, I, and I, I, Nick, I want to thank you for this. Uh, I don't know, you can work out with uh, Nick Fordham here what part of this you want to put on the website because I think there's some really interesting numbers here, particularly when you compare it to Manhattan, New York. Mm. I mean, this stuff is not meant to be, you know, let's not call this a, a thesis or, a, you know, a PhD. I mean, this is something Nick did over a week as a result of me asking him to help me out the other day because I was, I was incensed. Eh? <laughs> more like a day. More like yeah. a day. So, But nonetheless, the, the point still remains. This is some of the most expensive real estate in the world when you look at the return the governments are getting on it. And they, they do nothing to it. And the reason why they're getting the returns is because we're willing to pay it. Yeah. And because, you know why, we've got no choice because they're not making any other form of transport any cheaper. There's no other... It's actually... You know, like, if you're a mother with two kids... And you're faced with this, the, um, the, the, the question, of, should I take the train to North Sydney like Nick was the other day from Rush Coast Bay to North Sydney to, to meet the family account or whoever we have to meet? Um, it's all right for Nick. You know, he's in his 20s. He can just get on, you know, he's fine. He's, but if you've you got a whole family, there's no way in the world you're not going to take the car. Don't forget the, that $8 is multiplied by, you know, a mother with three, three kids. That's, that's four times the $8. Yeah, the, and 10 times the inconvenience yeah, and amount of effort and energy Absolutely. involved. So the, no one's creating any incentive whatsoever for people, not to, to, for people to take public transport over and above their car. Mm. And the reason why they're quite happy to, for you to do it, because once you get there, they tax you. They charge you to park your car. Something whether you're like, parking in a private car park or whether you park it in the street. Something I'd like to see more is um, people in Sydney being a bit more generous with their leftover time on their tickets. Like, I for one, if I've oh, got I 10 minutes left on my yep. ticket... Give it to somebody. I will, I will give it to someone who's going to take them park or I will put it back. Like, I'll take the time to walk down to the machine, even if it's, you know, put it on 100 metres away, and I'll wedge it in the little coin yeah. slot so the next person that comes along doesn't have to pay the council. That's how much I do not want to give them money. Well, it wouldn't I be good if somebody get a refund. Oh, totally. Well, why can't you get a refund? Yeah, totally. I mean, how many times have you ever been to one of these parking meters you don't have the amount of change? It's a dollar and you've only got a $2 coin, right? Yeah. You put the two bucks in, it says uh, overpaid. No change. No, no change. change. <laughs> Thanks very much. Take the two. And when you put your credit card in, it goes, oh, what's that? We assume you want the maximum amount of yes. nine hours. That'll be $57. <laughs> and I'm like, no, minus, 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 press the, bu- press the button all the way down to 10 minutes. And it's like, boop, $1. And it's like, if, I had, if I'm in a rush and can't see the little dim light screen on the... You would have pressed parking OK meeting. and accepted that. Pressed OK and it's gone, you have nine hours of parking. It's sort of like a trick. Oh, it's, it's sort of like a trick. It's, oh, we tricked you. Bad luck. But we didn't really trick you, but we did trick you. you know? I mean, like, Because you've got no alternative. You can't just say, no, no, give me my change yeah. or give me my money back. Or like, you can't negotiate with the machine. You don't have any time. Like, uh, and mostly when we park in a car, we're in a rush anyway. And, and as you said, you don't know how much they're going to hit you for it either. You could be pulling into a park. You could think, I've struck the jackpot because I've actually found the car park. So you get in there and you have no idea if they're going to charge you seven, four, whatever it might be. Same as the private car parks. Mm. You're in a rush. You need a car park. $28 I paid the other day in Kent Street mm. for part of an hour. I think it was 35 minutes. Yeah. $28. And you've got no choice. Nope. Nothing. Over a barrel. And considering how much the fines are, like... What, $65 a day, and what's the maximum fine you get? $170? bucks. You're almost better off just risking it and never <laughs> buying a ticket. Not that I'd encourage anyone to break the law, but the amount of parking inspectors you see, then, you know, you might go a week with not getting fined and you're already ahead. Well, let's just talk about that. That's an interesting point you just made about breaking the law. You know what? I'll tell you something interesting about this. This is just a fiction. It's legal fiction. You're not doing anything against society. It's not a crime. You know, it's a fictional... Uh, bit of drafting that they've decided to impose on us to say you've broke the law but it's just a fiction it's not like not something against society it's not some some fundamental thing like you shouldn't commit murder or you shouldn't steal from someone you're not stealing from anyone you're not committing murder you're not whatever i mean you know it's it's there's nothing really wrong with it it's a typical legal fiction and you, and they make you feel as though you're going to break the law but in actual fact you probably should take the risk in some t- cases and actual you know run the gambit of potentially only getting hit with a $107 fine yeah. 
and not paying anything in the first place. I mean, I'm, as I said, I'm not, that, I'm not encouraging the commercial risk associated with this. I really couldn't give a damn about the legal position. I don't, I don't see it as breaking any law. Well, it doesn't go on your criminal record either. It's not a crime. It can't be a crime. I mean, like, it's a fiction. It's a legal fiction. It's a, this is a legal fiction to collect money, a tax. This is a legal fiction to say to you, you've got to pay a tax to me for parking in that bit of real estate which is now worth $21 million to us. And because we need to get that $22,000 a year return on that bit of real estate for nine hours a day at seven bucks an hour, et cetera. That's, that's the fiction. The fiction's about that. And it's about us making us feel as though we're doing something wrong if we don't pay them the $22,000 a year to give them at a market cap of 6.5%, to give them a value of $22 million. We should all just have a revolution just saying, we're going to pay a dollar an hour. And we're going to reduce that $22 million by, to some other more reasonable number, maybe $5 million. That bit of unimproved land, we'll give you a $5 million valuation for that, you know. I mean, this is just a nonsense. I mean, uh, why, why do we feel so guilty about this sort of stuff, Jake? Why do you feel guilty about it? What makes you feel I, guilty? I don't feel guilty at all. If anything, I'm trying to do as much as I can to avoid, you know, paying any money. And, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily see it as doing the right thing by putting money in the meter. And I don't feel bad for not paying if I'm going to, oh, stuff, I won't get a ticket. I'm just more feeling bad if I get a get fine and have to pay it. And yeah. if I do, and I, look, if I know I'm going to be late for a ticket, this is the other thing, if I know I've gone over... I'll always go past the meter, and some of the, the meters in the inner west have 15-minute free parking, so you press the button and it prints out a ticket for free for 15 minutes. And on the way back to my car, I'll always grab one just in case when I get back to my car that might be a kilometre away, I've got a ticket on it, and then I've got a record that I can call up and go, oh, I was just topping up. I, mean, I, I, I just I want to ask you something too, because one of the things they do now, I'll put it to you guys standing mm. here today, they don't um, give you a ticket as much as these days they take a photograph. Yeah. <clears throat> now... I have an objection against that. Who, who, like if I, let's say it's not a parking cop and I'm, let's say I'm just sitting there and some guy walks up to my car, I don't know him, he's not an official, not a government official, takes a photograph of my number plate in my car, where I parked, what time, what day. I'd say, hey, mate, what are you doing? Why are you taking a photograph of my number plate? Why are you identifying me? Because all of a sudden this particular individual, now I don't see any difference between an individual who's not working for the government and an individual who is working for the government having access to be able to take photographs of my car. I should be able to give you consent. Yeah. I should have to, when I apply for my licence or my registration, I should be asked, do you consent that in the event you park your car at a, a place which, and you overstay the period and you're going to get fined, that do you consent to someone take a photograph of your car at this place with your registration number? Because I, 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 I could be sitting in the car. Someone could get a photograph of me. I mean, who the hell are these people going around taking photographs of everything? I object to that. I mean, it's, what, isn't there some sort of privacy legislation that says I must waive my pro- rights as a, as a private individual, my civil rights, to allow someone to take a photograph of my car, where it's parked, at what time? Unfortunately, you- unfortunately the law, I've gone through this with, um, with photo, I did some work with some photojournalists and stuff, and anything taken in public, if you're in public, people can take as many photos as you want of you without your consent. They just can't use it to, for profit. So they could take photos of, yeah, anyone, what cars, about, yourself. Well, okay, but do, they, 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 they're using it. As long as you're in public. They're using it. Yeah, and I, I wonder whether or not this all goes into some big data bank. And they are using it for profit. Yeah, well, mm. they, yeah, that's a good point. They are using mm. it for yeah, profit. Yeah, but it's, they're using it for profit. They make, they make it. What, what did the city council make? Ninety-six million. Ninety-seven million dollars. That sounds like profit to me. Operating yeah, profit. Yeah, good point. I mean, like, I mean, mm. I, I reckon we should at least be asked. Give us the courtesy of saying no. No, I'm not prepared for you to take this on your iPhone or whatever uh, smart device I use. Just give me a ticket. Put it on my. Put it on my windscreen. I don't really like the idea of um, people having photographs of all the stuff where I park and building up a data. There's no way in the world this is not data banked. Having all the information, like every time I overstay and I get fined, where he was at what time, this is mm. all Big Brother stuff. Maybe someone should invent detachable number plates. When you park, you just pull your plates off and take them with you to the shops. <laughs> ah, that's probably against the law too. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. <laughs> I just th- think it was, in the case of me going my account, I thought it was ironic that I was you know, getting paying the $3 to go over the bridge, $7 to park my car, to go and see my accountant to pay some more tax. <laughs> I was getting taxed to pay my tax. It is ridiculous. <laughs> well, that's a good example. That, that's another example of us collecting tax for the government. Yeah. I mean, we are, in this country, we are forever doing the, the tax man's work. Hmm. Bass is a good example. Bass statements, you know, in the GST, collecting, mm. you know, goods and services tax mm. and paying it every quarter. It's just another example. I mean, if you look at most small businesses in this country, 
All these small this applies this discussion applies to all small business guys because they're always on the car, they're out in the street, they're driving around, they're delivery guys, or they're just going to see their clients. They must spend a fortune going through tunnels, going over bridges, parking their cars, parking in parking stations. So they and then they've got to do their best statements. So they're forever collecting tax. We are forever doing their job, and the job that we're doing is actually costing us money as well, time, effort, stress, annoyance, and money. Just doesn't make sense. I think we take this up further with New South Wales Government and Sydney City Council. Let's, uh, let's, let's get Clover Moore in here. Let's ask them the questions. We will. All right. Thank you. Well done, Nico. Good one, mate. Thanks, big boy. <laughs> Looking forward. This is the week ahead. Westpac Consumer Confidence Index is out later today, which is going to be interesting to see since we've had the uh, NAB Business Confidence Index. Um Wage price index also comes out today, and that's an important one because um, uh, the, what, what the RBA is interested in is to, to see where wages are going. Are they actually increasing, um, et cetera? And that's pretty important from lenders' point of view because we want to know where wages are going. Are we, uh, particularly given the interest rates are being increased um, on mortgages, and, and, in, and in that regard, particularly in relation to investment-type loans where mortgage rates are increasing, we're interested to see what's happening with wage indexing. Um, and finally, the RBA minutes from last week's decision will be out uh, next Tuesday, um, which will be before we do our next podcast, so we'll be able to uh, talk about that. Um, uh, Jess, what are we doing next week? Next week, Mark, we've got Todd Sampson. He's the CEO of the advertising agency Leo Burnett uh, coming in. He's actually spent the last two years filming a documentary that's been shown on the ABC called Redesign My Brain. And he's discovered how we can train and improve our brain and actually overcome fear to take on incredible tasks. He walked on a tightrope 22 stories up in the air in between two buildings just by retraining his brain. So he'll be coming in to uh, to share that experience with you on the show next right. week. Right, I had a good talk to Todd last week. He's a, he, I mean, I know him, but he's a pretty cool guy, and uh, he's got some really interesting th- uh, things to say about neurological retraining. And uh, we've discussed this on many occasions about how you work, how you can retrain your mind for those business owners out there to get through crisis. Uh, that's really important, and this is all sort of an, another good example of that. So um, yeah, that's going to be great. Anything else? Uh, and just encouraging everyone to keep sending in your YouTube pictures as well for Eagle's Nest. You have the opportunity to come in here face-to-face with Mark, pitch your business, pitch your startup, and Mark's offering at the end a $10,000 prize. I might get Nick in to have a look at some of those, Nick Boris, because uh, he did a startup more recently. He knows the pitfalls of startups, don't you, mate? Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, I did a startup, albeit unsuccessfully. Um, but, yeah, happy to come in and give my two cents. Uh, well, well, it was successful. Um, in that you got it to where you want to get it to, but you found the hard part was all the funding. Mm. I mean, how that all works, and uh, and also pulling together the team. team t- look, look, plenty of insight from from my my failures at least. So you know, yeah, yeah, and I think it's worth it uh, to have to have, a, have a, maybe you can come in one of those, Nick, and have a look at it. Yeah, sure. No you worries. want it? Yep. Cool. Okay. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed that. It was fun. This has been the Mark Boris podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Boris and find out more at markboris.com.au. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.